If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. You always have to keep going to another level. So I stand on the shoulders of my successes and my trophies, but I don't sleep in the trophy room. What up, what up, it's Los Antonio. Welcome back to No Sleeping in the Trophy Room, the conversation fueled by motivation, experience, and truth. And I'm extremely excited to be joined by my guest today. This man right here is a marketing genius, a style icon, and he's using his influence to promote health and wellness. I'm talking about the one, the only, Upscale Vandal. What's up, man? What's going on, You mind man? if I use that for my bio? Absolutely. I want to I want to no copy problem. that verbatim, man. I don't know if I can live yeah. up to those things. Thank but. you so much for taking the time to step into the trophy room. No, man. Thanks for thanks for stepping into my trophy room, oh, into, into my torture chamber. We had Reload. Yes. You know, my brother, Dr. Dr. Ryan, right here. What's going on, man? Welcome, welcome, Absolutely, welcome. absolutely. Thank you so much for, uh, for letting us come through, man. I would love to hear more about the gym and about all the amazing work that you guys are doing here. Yeah, man. Uh, Reload's just about health and wellness for everybody. We want Mike's story to be the, the story for everybody, where it's, it's an inclusive thing, health and wellness, and fitness and physical therapy. So getting people out of pain, getting people active, getting people healthy, we want that to be the new norm. So we can have you know guys like Fonz uh, uh, transforming people's lives with, with Mike. So Fonz, tell us a little bit about what, about what we can expect today. Today, we're just gonna do some fundamental work where we're gonna use uh, compound body weight movements along with some loaded movements as well uh, to get the best work possible. Nah, for real, I see all type of rings, weights, and jackets, and bags, and every, everything here, man. So I'm excited, man. Let's get it, fellas. Fire it up. We're going up. Let's go. Okay. Going up. All the way up. This is this is a secret, people. Don't let your trainer bully you. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, he be wanting to throw weight on. If you not, if you don't feel like you're ready for that jump, don't don't go. It's not for play. It's not for play right now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This is what happens. You know what I'm saying? We let them get a little ahead. You know what I mean? Los is over here ripping through his set. So basically, those lines give me a, a rubric if I'm doing it right. Cause you know, sometimes, as you can see behind us, the crew is working out. Fonz might be, you know what I'm saying, putting in some attention over there. So I don't want to be doing the movement wrong. So I just always make sure I guide myself by those lines and by my placement. Man, j just talking about a rubric, um, I, know, I know you grew up in Ozone Park, Queens. Yeah. Talk to me about how growing up in Ozone Park, Queens shaped your perspective and gave you a rubric for life. I mean, to be honest with you, the whole, the whole upscale Vandal thing comes from where I'm from. It's a juxtaposition, right? Like, you see how you said Ozone Park, Queens, where I'm from, Ozone Park is, it, it, it's really the borderline of everything. I'm on the last part of East New York, Brooklyn, and the first part of Queens. So being on that borderline, I grew up around two different types of criminality, two different types of street lifestyle. To the right of me, where the Howard Beach area was, is, you know, obviously John Gotti from that neighborhood. 
you know, the mob. I grew up seeing that literally one block from me. And then one block this way, you know, you get Pink House Projects, you get Plaza, you get all these more, you know, urban, you know, that different type of crime, right? So that juxtaposition, that world being stuck in that middle, kind of always bred like me looking at the highs and lows of things more critically, you know? So like upscale vandal is just that, it's a juxtaposition, right? It's us looking at, we've been taught and educated to want the finer things in life, but not given the proper tools on how to achieve that and what's really success. You know, we're taught that material success is success from where we come from, but really, when you get to the top and you become successful, material shit don't mean anything. Material don't mean nothing to people who already have it. So that's really what being where I'm from gave me. It instilled like that juxtaposition, understanding the highs and lows of life, knowing that we're educated to want a certain type of life, but they don't give us the tools to get there. So, you know, that's kind of what that bred in me is wanting to go and find the gems and the tools to really put my people on and put people from my neighborhood on to what's really valuable in life. You know what I mean? No, for sure. And I mean, you know, when it, when it comes to tools in order to succeed, you know, how did, you know, coming up in Ozone Park, Queens, or going through, you know, street street things, how did that prepare you to step into these offices? You know, how did, how did go, you know? I mean, mostly my, mostly just like the unwritten rules, right? Your demeanor, your principles, your morals. It definitely doesn't, the streets don't give you any of the tools that you need to become successful in corporate America, aside from your character, how you carry yourself, the level of respect you give others, listening before you talk, you know, perceiving things a certain way. That's where I come from, gave me all of those little idiosyncrasies, you know, knowing that like it's better to observe than to project, you know, Learn, learning that it's better to keep it close in a circle, keep things tight to the circle rather than to be too, you know, intermingling and, and, and bringing people from external zones into your, into your environment. So like, I mean, it brought a lot of things into me, but I feel like it wasn't until I got out of that environment that I learned how to operate better. And, 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 and the tools that I'm talking about is this, is fitness, is health, is being, you know, being one in my mind and my spirit with my body. Mm -hmm. Those are the tools that my neighborhood didn't give me. I've, I've never talked about this at, at all, but I really connected with your story because before I came into uh, Bad Boy, that's, that's where my, my background is in, 10 years at Bad Boy. I started as an intern before my internship. I was locked up, mm -hmm. and you know when I came into that situation, there was no plan B for me. Yeah. There was, I was like, this is my only way into the entertainment industry. I have to harp on it. I have to make this work. This has to work. You know, but that was bred into you from going into that, right? Like I went to, I was locked up as well, and that gave me that same despair, right? I knew that the life I was living or the life that I was attaching myself to only had two endings, and I, I faced one of the lesser of two evils. So when I came back, I figured, you know, either I'm gonna keep living this life and go to the graveyard, or I'm gonna switch up and apply everything that I was able to pull out from this life into a new trajectory. And that's what I did, you know, like, like you said, you put 10 years, right? You've been at, you, you built a career for 10 years that helped you layer the education you had from the street, right? What you, what you, what you circumvented in the street. Same thing with me, like I, I dodged so much of those things that now I look back and I'm like, how do I make the education of what I missed, how do I capitalize on that information? You know, a lot of the times we, where we come from, we learn all of these really valuable life lessons, but we don't apply them, right? From loyalty to morality, to what's right and wrong, to, you know, even just how you deal in, with your friends. Like, you can't, you can't ever expect to 
be successful or to, or to radiate a certain energy if the circle and the company you keep doesn't, isn't on that same page. Doubt. So we got one more workout. What we doing? Let's go, man. Let's, talk, let's talk about it. Core doing right. some core work. We about to do some core work. Y'all keep it locked right here. No sleeping in the trophy room, baby. Hey, so you, you know, all socials went down yesterday. Yeah, I was happy, man. I needed a cleanse. Talk about it. Yeah, you know, we all need that break from socials. I was really, uh, I was entertained by some of the tweets that some people were putting out. They were like, man, I don't even know what to do. And I was like, man. We was doing this before IG. Yeah. <laughs> I'm about to log into my MySpace. <laughs> no sleep. The energy is up. The right. sweat is going on. I just my, to make sure I'm, I'm lightweight trembling. Uh, you know what I'm saying? We, we, Fon's we got, got us cooking. Yeah, Fon's got us cooking right now. It's just in time for tweets is watching. Picked out some insightful tweets. I'm going to share them with you. We'd love for you just to, you know, for break sure. it down for yeah. us. So this first one right here um, is from March 3rd. 2021, you said, it's such a dope feeling to see folks achieve their dreams. I remember walking Bad Bunny into ComplexCon in 2017. People barely knew uh, who he was, and today he sent me his first sneaker. Nothing beats seeing your culture advance before your eyes. Hashtag Latino game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, man, that's just, that's just really materialization of what we had been talking about, you know, as a culture. Like, you know, Jay Balvin was the first Latino to, is the first Latino to headline Complex Con and co-created co direct Complex Con. But that started four years ago, you know, at the second Complex Con where he had his own booth, um, you know, where we had collaborations with MCM, you know, a luxury leather goods company collaborating with us at Complex Con. You know, we had collaborations with Ron English, legendary artist. We had collaborations with Milkman, with, Metacom with, you know, Buchanan's, we had all these collaborations and it was just like seeing. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. A Latino in the epicenter of what all the cultural uh, beacons and icons were at, like Pharrell, like Nigo, like Takashi Murakami, and then having J Balvin there, and then him opening the doors for us to bring Bad Bunny. I remember, you know, he calls me and he's getting ready to come to the event, and he's like, yo, Bad Bunny's coming. And I'm just like, at this point, obviously, I knew who Bad Bunny was, the Latino world who knew who Bad Bunny was, but the streetwear culture four years ago, three years ago, did not know at this capacity who Bad Bunny was. So, you know, I'm walking him around the show and taking him from booth to booth, and I'm just like, yo, this is this is the next guy. And Diego. Where we at? Balvin Airlines? You know it is. In Puerto Rico booth? We added a Puerto Rico section to the airport. All the way, baby. Gang shit. Gang shit. You know, just off of pure relationships, you know, my friends would give him stuff and you know, vintage frames and all these other brands just gifted him stuff because they knew that. If we said that Balvin was the one and he was next up, we were in line, you know? And, and I mean, thank God, you know, that we were right and his trajectory just skyrocketed and he has his own shoe deal now and he has his own brand partnerships. And, you know, it's just surreal to see that. And it's like, I never did none of those things for me. I did them to open the doors and the understanding to kids younger than me and kids who come from where we come from to know that it's possible. 
that you can make it in this industry and make relevant things in this industry without having to be the artist himself. I don't, I don't make music, I don't sing, I don't dance, I don't rap, I don't play sports, but I was able to bring some of these cultural moments together. And you know, that's just, it's a surreal moment. That's why I tweeted that because I was sitting there opening the box of shoes that this guy sent me with Adidas and I'm just like, bro, this is three years. It took three years for the whole world to shift around you. So yeah, man, it's, it's a surreal, it's a surreal feeling and it's a blessing. You know? Real. No, and, and that's a, t a testimony to what you said earlier, how you just lead everything with authenticity. You know, you connect that's it. With authentic. That's it. I didn't have to do no big rollout for Bad Bunny to come to the show. I it's just like, yo, you like lifestyle culture. This is lifestyle culture personified. Let's walk around and let's see who connects with you. Three years later, he has his own shoe and the rest is history. That's amazing, man. Yeah. Um, so here we go. Tweets is watching. Um, you said on uh, March 4th, March was a hot month on Twitter, man. March going Ma March crazy. <laughs> March madness. Um, so you said, I hate that there's no way to know how many calories is in hood food. <laughs> like how many calories are in a chopped cheese? <laughs> like, so talk to me about that. Cause that's so true. Listen, man, listen. First of all, anybody that knows me or follows me knows that I'm the hood Anthony Bourdain. Hood Anthony Bourdain shit. Got the fucking chimi, el plato, chinola. Trying new foods, trying foods all over the world, being adventurous with my palate. That's where the whole hood Anthony Bourdain thing comes from because Anthony Bourdain was one of my idols. He's the one that helped me expand my mind and my palate to try foods everywhere and try everything. Um, so the thing about calorie counting is I didn't even know what calories equated to until I started working out with Fonz. And Fonz, you know, put me on a caloric deficit. I was eating 1,600 calories a day when I first started my, my, you know, my, my journey, my transformation journey. And when you start looking at calories and you say, okay, each one of my meals is 400 calories, but I want to eat a bandeja paisa <laughs> or chicharrones or a chopped cheese or a beef patty with cheese or whatever we eat in the hood, Dominican food, bodega food, yeah. ain't no calorie count on that. Now, if it is, it's never unison or, or accurate because we have a lot of seasoning, a lot of sodium, a lot of salt, a lot of, you know, sazon adobo, and there's very little caloric information on that. For all my viewers out there, if you go to any urban area, any urban area in a big major city, and you find yourself a Dominican or a Spanish restaurant, you ask for a lonche, it's the food that's on the steam table that they fit into that one little metal tin, yeah. and they just put rice, beans, and whatever meat is on the table, uh, and it's usually seven bucks. So don't don't pay over eight dollars for a lonche. So. I was dying for one of those, you know, because I, I live near a, a really popular Dominican restaurant called El Rey, and I was just like, I wonder how many calories is rice, beans, and, and, and carne guisao, pollo guisao, and, and there's no caloric count. He's like, I called him, he's like, yeah, that's probably about 4,000 calories. I'm like, damn, that's like my whole week's worth like of food that. in one plate. <laughs> so yeah, man, like, uh, I just wish that, and I think I might just put that out there where we're gonna build some some food options in, in 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 the hood that explain your caloric breakdown. Even though they're high, at least you know what you're eating. You know what I'm saying? Rice, beans, and carne guisada should be 600 calories or 700 calories, and we're gonna we're gonna work towards yeah, that. Yeah, man. Got a couple tricks up my sleeve. Yeah, I love that. You know what I'm saying? I, I gotta I gotta try to open the doors for more culinary arts and a healthy feel for Latinos. You know what I mean? It, it, it's big, and you know it, it's on us to share as we learn. That's how I got here. So bet. Tweets is watching, Upscale Vandal. 
You're saying um You ain't saying nothing crazy yet, so I'm good. Oh, I was nah, a man. worried. Nah, you bro. might have you might have backed out one of them one of them late night tweets. Nah. So I, I was, I was <laughs> off so, uh, so we got um this is April 9th, 2021. You said be wary of people who always talk about the goal but never talk about the process. Yeah. If you hear how rich and successful they want to be, but you never hear them talk about how prepared they are or willing to work uh, through the struggle, just know their intentions are off. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's simple, man. Like, think about it. Growing up, right? What are we, what are we taught to think or, or, or how to approach things? How much money you want to make a year? What car you want to buy? How big the house is supposed to be? Not one time do they tell you budget, approach, strategy, you know, preparation. If I gave you a million dollars today in cash, would you be prepared on how to save, spend, report your taxes? None of that. They don't give us none of that game. They just tell us want, mm-hmm. want more, ask for more, hope and aspire for more. They don't ever tell you prepare yourself for what you're begging for. You know what I'm saying? And that's like, I realize that a lot of us are miseducated and I don't want, I don't want nobody around me that doesn't understand that greatness is a process. You know, the big homie Emery made that phrase into a lifestyle. Greatness is a process means that, yeah, you could want to achieve all these goals. Yeah, you could want to be the richest or the flyest or the most successful or the most, but nobody wants to be the most prepared or the most financially sound or the most structurally or strategically prepared or, or sound to, to be, to manage the, what comes with the money and the success. You know what I'm saying? A lot of the times people don't realize, yo, I just need five million. Okay, do you need five million tax-free? How do you make it tax-free? How do you make that five million make money for you? How many millionaires do you know went broke from where we come from? Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Look at our idols that we look up to in sports and music. How many of them is really living right now? How many of them are in the places that they could be if they would have managed their money better? I know, personally, I know more than five that I can count on my hand, multi-millionaires that are broke right now. Like, that's scary to me, that you was making five, 10, 15 million dollars, and you're poor now, because you wasn't given the, the tools or the foresight to say, it's not about that goal, it's about the journey. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So that's what that tweet was about, just me saying like, man, I don't want nobody in my circle that's not ready for the work. I don't want to hear about how you want to get to this or how you want to achieve that. I want to hear how you're going to get there. I'm more interested in the process because if you have a good idea, a good, a good procedure, a good process, that's the win. You know what I'm saying? Intellectual property is the win, not the end goal, not the licensing fee. It's what you have and how you structure yourself to get there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Greatness is a process. It's a process, man. Shout out to Emory Jones. You know, you you connect worlds together. You blend genres at the highest level. Mm-hmm. Um, what does a void look like? What does opportunity look like on a high level when you're connecting worlds? A lot of people wonder what the what the Vandal Group does, and it's like we always people ask us how to quantify the marketing we do, and it's like marketing to us. The way I succinctly describe marketing is like creating a language between a product and a consumer. That's, that's what marketing is to me. So in our world, we bridge those gaps, we make those connections on the highest level or the lowest level by bringing authenticity from one point to the other. Fonz is really a sneaker guy. He's really a sneakerhead. He's really a collector from the era that the sneaker culture came from. 
but he's a fitness guy. So how do those two worlds meld and how do we take that idea further? Very simple. It's easy to speak to a lifestyle sneaker consumer and say, hey, I know you want to fit in a better clothes. I know you're looking at that more designer fit. You need to be losing the weight to get trimmed there. How do you do it? Look, you can still be fly at the gym. You can still listen to the same type of vibes you at the gym. You don't have to devote yourself to be this new gym rat looking guy and to get healthy. You can do it at your pace, at your volume, you know what I'm saying? And that authenticity is always my connectivity tissue. It's always how I bridge a gap, it's, it's, it's realness. So when I bridge, when I do those connections, those brand partnerships. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I always look at the, the most real, the realest point between the two and try to bridge that. Real gems going on right here. No sleeping in a trophy room. The Vandal Group will send you the invoice. Oh, we're it's gonna, coming. We're going to get back to work. And you're paying for my gym time today. <laughs> Compound movements. You know what I like about that, man? About what you explained about it? is that you know when it's not compound no more. <laughs> if you're doing it, if you're not doing it the right way. Hey, yo, i scared, man. I gotta ask you a question, dog. Yeah. I read that you had Jay-Z posters, Rockefeller posters in your room. Crazy. And, you know, you walk in the Rock Nation offices, hallways, you're doing business there. You know, how much of that is manifestation from you hanging posters uh, of, of, of idols I don't, to working I, with these guys? I don't wanna sit here and lie to you, man. Like. If it's one thing you'll know, you'll, you'll never hear exaggeration from me. To this day, I'm, I'm still, it's still surreal and culture shocking to me to be a part of the, the Rock family. You know, one, first and foremost, shout out to Emery Jones. That's my big brother, that's my mentor, that's my, that's my life coach. You know, Emery is the reason that, you know, the Rock system embraced me like family. I grew up, like you said, the entire Rockefeller family on my walls. I didn't have no posters of basketball players. I didn't have no posters of other, I didn't have no posters. It was just, to be honest with you, Jay and Rockefeller weren't even up as posters because I was a fan, it was, it was motivation. When I'm looking at them Bentleys and, I'm, and, 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 and that taste level that they brought to the culture, from Cristal Champagne to Platinum Over Gold and all the little details that I learned growing up through them, that's who I wanted to emulate. But as I grew up, I realized how much strength and knowledge they had of the business, how much strength and knowledge they had regarding their independence, what it meant for Rockefeller to be independent and put out such a legendary album that was culture shifting independently. You know, and that, as I grew up, I learned more lessons from them. So I had no clue or idea, or I didn't, I'm not gonna sit here and say I manifested myself there because I didn't. I feel like divine timing, focus, dedication, authenticity, and my passion brought me there. And I was able to get in front of a, a group of people there that really saw that in me and helped me platform it. You know, a lot of people don't realize this, but you know, Jay was one of the first people that supported me actually leaving the rock system. You know, when I, when I worked at Rock, um, I was the sales director for Billionaire Boys Club for Pharrell and Jay. And then in the interim of being there, I launched a brand called All Noir with my friends that changed the, shifted the entire paradigm of fashion, you know? And Jay was the first one that gave us an opportunity 
when he did his Barney's collab. So Jay took our brand, an up and coming brand that wasn't tried and tested yet and put us in the mix of Balmain, Balenciaga, Rick Owens, Who's and Buzz, Lon Vaughn, Alexander Wang, and just was like, you in this with us. How'd that make you feel? It changed my life. You know, that the date that we started on ours tatted on me for a reason. Because that brand and the acceptance and the understanding of what high fashion was and being stamped from Jay and, and Barney's and these people kind of, you know, Kanye was wearing my stuff like, it was crazy, you know, it was crazy. And, and like I said, I didn't manifest it. It happened in divine timing because, you know, then we launched, then planes launched. And Emory asked me to come assist on planes. So now I'm a part of the planes movement. Now you, you can't go anywhere in the United States without seeing that, that crown, that Rock Nation hat is, is the stamp of approval in the hood. Absolutely. And I was a part of that growth, you know? So I'm not gonna sit here and say I manifested it, but I say like Devon Timing and all things, you know, all things fall into place if, if you stay consistent and you stay uh, focused on your goal. And that's what I did, you know what I mean? I love that, much respect, man. Oh, I love man. that, I love that, for real, man. Of course. So let's say less, man. We got, Finish the set. what we got? We got Finish one more, the, the last one. We got this. Let's go, baby. Ready? Too easy. I bet. So, Mike, how we close out all these episodes is with the champion's mantra. The champion's mantra is, you know, just a phrase or a saying or something like that that you live by, you know, every day just to remind yourself, you know, that there is no sleeping in the trophy room. Is there a phrase or something like that that you live by, your champion's mantra? Man, there's two, honestly. I mean, my champion's mantra from the, from the big homie down is always greatness is a process, you know what I'm saying? I understand that every journey I put myself on is going to be might be drudgerish, might be long, but I know it's at the end of that journey. And I know that the workload and the journey itself is the real blessing and the gift in what I'm doing. And the end result is just the, you know, the blessing, the byproduct, the cherry on top, you know, the goal. But, you know, really learning the process and falling in love with the process is, is my champion's mantra because that's what makes you a winner for real. Yeah. Being, being in tune and, 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 and absorbing and appreciating the struggle, you feel me? Um, and the other one that's that's mine and not from the big homie is um you know you never get what you're you never get what you're worth you only get what you negotiate you know what I mean and like that comes to everything in life whether it's this gym or whether it's your job or whether whatever it is don't ever expect something to be handed to you because you're that person nah you got to go and make sure you negotiate you work towards you vocalize what it is that you want and who you who you intend to be and how you intend to be accepted and perceived. You know, so don't expect nothing to be handed down and just be given to you because you think you deserve it. You know what I'm saying? You don't get what you deserve, you get what you negotiate, you get what you work for, you know what I'm saying? So those are my two champions mantras. Believe that. Well, yo, it's been a great, great day. It's been a great workout. Big shout out to the team. Yeah, my man Fonz. Yo, Fonz, man. Fonz, a trainer, my brother, you know, it's changed my life. Shout out to the whole team, Dr. Ryan, Dr. Andy, everybody over here at Reload who gives us the facility and the, and the, and the chamber to really get this pain in. But you know, I always uh, put a suit on because I like to get one last little warm up before I leave the gym. That's my, that's my aura. So we gonna hit this run, we gonna hit this little treadmill, me and you. I know we got our run clubs yeah. independently. Absolutely. Let's go see who get it in on yeah, the sprint cool. side. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Thank you again for having me, man. What you're doing is inspirational. Thank you so the much. conversations you have and you're having for our culture are important. You know, I decided to, to come in and work with you because, you know, you are going to be the vehicle for these people to get their ideas and their confidence and their understanding of what it's like to be healthy and fit. 
you know what I'm saying, on, on this show. So, you know, I, I'm just really grateful that you allowed me the platform to speak on and, um, you know, keep doing what you're doing, man. You're inspiring a lot of us out here, man. Thank you so you're much. Man. Right let's let's get on the treadmill on. Let's see who got the legs. You know what I'm saying? Let's go, baby. Run Club Gang. You already know. This episode is brought to you by Pizza Hut. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's.